0: NBA Crossover is coming to Cleveland for NBA All-Star. This February, experience the intersection of music, art, fashion, tech, and basketball at the Public Auditorium. Celebrate the past, present, and future of the NBA with special appearances, brand experiences, limited edition apparel and collectibles, and live performances. Check out NBA Crossover February 18th, 19th, and 20th. Get tickets today at NBAEvents.com.
1: Today on the Zabecast, are you not entertained? Once again, the NFL delivers in spades on championship weekend. Andy Pollen joins me, fresh off the final gun in LA, and we'll break down both the games. Plus, what's the deal with Tom Brady's retirement? We got Commander's Week in Washington and pour one out for Dr. Johnny Fever. Your 35 minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go.
0: Here we go. Garoppolo, under pressure. Donald got there, in the air, intercepted by the Rams. And they may ride to the Super Bowl on that.
1: And with that, we have ourselves a Super Bowl. And also, we finish off six of the greatest Playoff games in a row you are likely to ever see in your life. Unless you think it was scripted, and we're going to get it again next year and the year after that. As we like to say. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Oh, yes. Entertained indeed. Super Bowl 56 is set. The Los Angeles Rams will be three and a half point home favorites against the Cincinnati Bengals and the new... Joe Cool Joe Burrow Tom Brady is retiring maybe we'll talk about that in just a second coaching hires left and right but my golly we've got to get right to the guest line and welcome in Andy Poland who has been on this earth for 63 years if my math is correct Right, Andy? You are correct. You are correct, sir. And you've been watching football and can remember it from as early as eight years old, nine years old? Yeah, I remember watching uh, Redskins games with my dad when 1966 season. Yeah, so that long. In your life, have you seen six games to run out the playoffs to the Super Bowl as good as these?
2: No, we just finished a three-point game, and that may have been the worst of the six. They were all incredible.
1: I, I think this three-point game was more entertaining than the Niner-Packer three-point game, which okay. was pretty boring. This one had a lot of stuff in it. I mean, dropped interceptions. Oh, my God.
2: Well, you know, I, I keep going back to that Lovey Smith uh, saying that uh, he didn't mind it so much when they had Rex Grossman throwing into coverage. He says the reason their defensive
1: backs is they can't catch. Right. So
2: well, we saw that today.
1: Absolutely. And I, I tweeted out top three hardest surfaces on earth. Number one, graphene, which I didn't know. I had to look it up. It's like 200 times tougher than steel if it's only like a millimeter thick. Then I said diamonds, and then I said DB hands. Two brutal drops on defense. Yeah. Tarts was worse than Jalen Ramsey's, but Ramsey's turned out not to matter. And the game ended with Jimmy Garoppolo going full Jimmy Garoppolo.
2: Yeah, you know, you know, we, we've had these quarterbacks that we talk. About, well, you know, if you can't have one of those like Mahomes or Joe Burrow, would you settle for Jimmy Garoppolo? No, nope, it's just not that, you know. And and he makes a play like that. And let the Trey Lance era begin in San Francisco.
1: I know. He's a friend zone quarterback, sort of like Derek Carr, sort of like Kirk Cousins, sort of like you could pick a number of guys. You're like, they're good. You can win a lot of games with them, but not all. No, no. You need it. You need like an historic
2: defense to win one he's in like that kind of Trent Dilfer area maybe a
1: little better but not much maybe a little better but not a whole lot better and Matt Stafford how would you feel if you're a lion fan you get the double whammy of not only seeing your quarterback who toiled for in misery with your team for all those years now going to the Super Bowl and at the same time you see a similar NFL sad sack franchise the Bengals Go to the Super Bowl instead. That's a pow pow double whammy. Yeah, I, I watched the
2: post game with Mike Brown. You know, Mike Brown used to be thought of as an owner who could never win. He was cheap, didn't know what he was doing. He's obviously turned over the personnel to to somebody really smart. Uh, not that it was a you know it took a lot of brains to take Joe Burrow, but they drafted a kicker and they've got a lot of good skill position guys. I don't know what's happened here, but you this is a case. Good, good hope for Washington fans
1: that you can possibly overcome bad ownership. Mike Brown is 86 years old and he looks like a human embodiment of Charlie Brown and <laughs> you never see him or hear from him ever. Do
2: you? Well, no, he, he was on hard knocks quite a bit when the Bengals were on a few years ago uh, Okay, because he, he actually participates in the personnel discussions and, things like that. So he's, he's a little bit more visible than, than some owners.
1: But other than hard knocks, when do you ever see or hear from Mike Brown? Well, when, when, when would you when for a team that he, he's routinely finishing with four or five wins? I don't know, Andy. Maybe he had a fire Instagram account, you know? <laughs> oh, Yo, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get into the games, let's dispatch with the Brady story. What's going on? I have no idea, unless he wanted to do it on
2: that ESPN platform he's got, where they're doing the ten-part series, or he wanted to do it on the podcast with Jim Gray. But you know, uh, he's going to do it.
1: Uh, I mean, it, so it, I guess he, so. You're he, confident. Incredible. You're confident that uh, Schefter and uh, Jeff Darlington have not jumped off sides here.
2: Correct. Okay. I, I think I think they have it right, and everybody else is, is going with it. So uh, I think it's a case of just he wanted to announce it when he won here. Now, could he possibly say, well, screw you, I'm going to play another year? Yeah, he could, but I think he realizes that his chances of winning next year with Tampa Bay are pretty slim. And if you're not winning Super Bowls, you're Tom Brady. You might as well not play.
1: By the way, the $15 million bonus that Brady is owed on February 4th is meaningless because he still has to come back and play to be able to keep it. You know, People wow. were saying, oh, of course he's not going to retire now. He's going to wait until he gets that bonus. That's yeah. not how it works. I'm reading a story here, uh, Yahoo Sports, that says the $15 million bonus payment means nothing. So yeah. Yeah. you know, it's a, he still has to actually play to keep all of that money. So that's not a factor right there. See, when I heard the story and then I kind of heard the silence, the deafening silence that followed, I said, okay, maybe, you know, Schefter and Darlington jumped the gun and and went on a hunch. But then again, you would have heard something more forceful if it wasn't true. And the silence of Jim Gray said a lot, because all I could think about was, Andy, how the fuck did Jim Gray not get this scoop after all the years of fluffing Brady? Yep. So the fact that he didn't get the scoop means... Jim Gray knew and was holding it for Brady because he's that close with him, and they do stuff together. So I'm like, okay, one plus three equals four. I get it. Yeah, and is Jim Gray really a reporter anymore? I don't think he. You know, he's not in the in the Schefter business. Andy, he was at one time. Andy, he would be. He would be glad to break the news. Oh, if yeah, he had I the news, he may not be a reporter, but he would be glad to break it. And he didn't, which tells me all you need to know it, you know, right. Brady didn't like the timing of this. Right. That's right. And Don Yee, his agent, has put out statements not denying he's going to retire.
2: You know, he's just he's just saying, you know, it'll be his announcement when he makes it. So, yeah. you
1: know, here's a, are you surprised by it? I, I am actually. No, I, I think I said to you last week I thought he was going to retire. I know. You said because, that. Mr. X said that. I'm the only dummy yeah. that read the room the wrong way. No, no I, I, think, I think he, he – if he
2: had a team that he thought could win the Super Bowl next year, I think he would play. And if he hadn't won the Super Bowl last year, I think he would play. But, you know, you, you reach a point where, you know, what are you chasing at this point? You, I know he likes to play, but he likes to win
1: Super Bowls. And okay. he, that's what he does. Whoa, 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 whoa. They, he led the league in touchdown passes yeah. and yards. They were, they were one broken play away from possibly beating this Rams team in overtime and hosting the NFC Championship game, and they were doing it down to one viable starting wide receiver and with running backs being shuttled in and out. Yeah, they right, got a Super but- Bowl-caliber team with him in the cockpit. What are you talking about? But but for what they have with cap restrictions for next
2: year, they oh. may not be able to put that kind of team together. And and you know something else he pulls off here. Here's you know it's not like uh, Jim Brown after nine years or Barry Sanders after ten. He's walking away after twenty two years, and people
1: are saying, "So soon, Tom? You're still great." Right. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Tom Brady once famously said, "I'll retire when I suck." And my tweet after the news was, I guess he looked five years into the future and said, well, shit, I ain't got the time for this. I'm quitting now. Like, he would still be good for the next three to four years, I believe. And here's the other thing that's crazy. I bet it's more likely than not that Aaron Rodgers gets traded. So you would have MVP one and MVP two this year retire and or get traded, which tells me, at least, they've made the game far too easy for the good quarterbacks. Yes, but the number of good quarterbacks are so few. How many are there, five? There's five unicorns league-wide, possibly. Burrow is one. Uh, Justin Herbert is a young gun who's another one. Uh, Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady. That's yeah. it. That's the list. But so so the thing is, it's crazy. And by the way, look, I'm, I'm quibbling with a TV show about quarterbacks that is going to post the most bonanza ratings they have had in years. Six incredible scintillating games. The product is as good as Walter White's crystal blue meth in Breaking Bad, (laughs) which you never saw Breaking Bad. But anyway. I I need to watch that. When when I get fired again, I'll watch the whole thing. (laughs) Okay. Um, It's such a good product, but it's a game now because of the rules. The good quarterbacks thrive, and they'll thrive for as long as they want to play. I just don't get it with Brady. The one thing that I can't stand, Amy, is hiding behind the skirt tails of your family. That is such bullshit. I want to spend more time with my family. Do you know how many working men and women in this country are working two jobs, three (laughs) jobs to support a family? And here's Tom Brady flexing like, I want to spend more time with my family. Shut up. They they never do. I know. If you want to retire, say, you know what? It's time. That's all. Leave it at that. Do not bring up the family. Okay. I can not Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So no, I, I agree. And they don't and they don't spend more time. Michael Jordan wanted to spend more time with his family. He did for a week and then he went to camp with the white Sox to try to play baseball. That's the way that works. And then
1: when he yeah. retired again, he spent a week yeah. taking him to school at the bus stop and he turned around and said, OK, I got to go play golf 36 holes or I got to go right. re up with the Wizards. You know, it's just yeah. one thing after another. All right. So um, let's talk about the the Rams Niners game first and then we'll backtrack to the unbelievable Kansas City choke. Ooh,
2: oh boy. So awful.
1: so the Rams Niner game, it looked to me like the Rams were in big trouble. But then somehow they found another gear and they found Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is one of the more spectacular wide receivers we've seen in a long time because he's so sharp out of his breaks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can't guard him basically.
2: Right, I agree. I mean, yeah. he's
1: he's fast. Maybe not the fastest guy in the league. He's not Tyree Kill, but he is jitterbug fast, and it's hard to run with him. And it was a tunnel screen to him on third and ten that really helped him take the lead in that game and come back. And then the Niners, well, they had Jimmy Garoppolo. And how about when right. Aikman said, "I'm afraid," that's his word. I'm afraid. It's going to have to be Garoppolo who does it for him. Ouch.
2: He was accurate on that. And by the way, have you heard the Will Bond theory on Cooper Cup? No. It's, uh, it's similar to white men can't jump. He says that defensive backs line up against them. And, they go, oh. and they go, oh, white guy, he can't no. play. Yeah. And he gets worked. I don't know. I think
1: it's more than that. I don't I, think I just so. Think he, I mean, he's a, yeah, great, I, he's a great white athlete. There are great yeah. white athletes out there. He trained his ass off. He's in incredible really? shape. He's got the quick twi- twitch muscles, and he knows the game, yeah. works his ass off at it. At it. Good for him. Uh, also, yeah. talk about some redemption arcs here, not just Stafford. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have himself a Super Bowl week to remember.
2: I mean, I mean, this, this is not, to, not supposed to be the way you, you're supposed to do it. But they're doing it sort of the old George Allen way where they traded away. Their next first-round pick is in 2024. <laughs> they traded away six first-round picks. They don't care. They went for it. Yeah, well, and I think, I think there's some cronky influence there in that, you know, <laughs> they got this beautiful brand-new stadium that they can't put Rams fans into.
1: And I think it was, you know, Super Bowl or bust this year. And that's what they did. By the way, no thoughts on Beckham and his redemption arc here? I mean, Beckham was a cantankerous, malcontent, injured, washed-up complainer. And he has been productive and tough, and he has fit in nicely with the Rams. He does not mind being number two to Cooper Cup. Well, that's the thing. I mean, in the other places, it's been all about him.
2: And so now he's been somewhat humbled in that, you know, he didn't deliver for Cleveland. And so now he's number two to a guy who, you know, wasn't really hyped. that You know, he's just become just a great player without all the, all the pizzazz of Odell Beckham. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know about how much redemption he is. I
1: just think it's one of those, you know, I mean, to some degree, we had this with Antonio Brown last year, well, right? Yeah, true to some degree. I'm just saying yeah. get ready for these stories coming up. Uh, yeah. Super Bowl week because it's going to be it's going to be big. Um, oh yeah, who 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 on earth was telling McVeigh to challenge those calls with his two well, precious red flags? Because the the fumble that he thought was a fumble from check was so fucking not a fumble. I'm like, you must have Ray Charles advising you. Well, I, I know someone who
2: used to do this who may have some spare time on his hands and actually has some ties to the Rams station
1: who's that Bruce Allen <laughs> <laughs> wait did Bruce Allen used to call challenges for the Redskins he he was he was in the booth when uh when J- Jay Gruden was coaching the team yeah he was, he was advising on challenges oh my god why well, I remember <laughs> I remember Gibbs had a challenge guy oh yeah 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 a guy what? who would, was especially hired he was a
2: former referee <sighs> who they hired as a challenge coach. Do you remember his name?
1: Do, do you remember his name? It was George something. George Hill, I want to say. Yeah, that's, but, yes, George Hill. Because yeah. I remember it was, we, made, we made jokes about Benny Hill would be a better replay guy. <laughs> but the word was that George Hill would say, don't challenge. And Gibbs would be like, oh, gosh darn it. I didn't have this yeah. thing when I coached the first time around. Let me give it a shot. <laughs> and he would yeah. lose all yeah. the time. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. they were consistently wrong, and it wasn't Hill. It was barely Gibbs just not listening
1: to him. Yeah, uh, that was really bad right there. Um, Also, how about Michael Buffer to start the game doing Let's Get Ready to Rumble as they literally kick off? Yeah, I mean,
2: I understand he charges a hell of a lot of money for that, and and, do you
1: really need that in an NFC championship game? Somebody to get you excited about a, a football game? I don't get that. Yeah how how do they miss so many? They, they, they the referees uh, this weekend they they were all over the place in the two games. Somehow they missed Fred Warner yeah. jump spearing a quarterback, a protected species, well <laughs> after the play from behind, no flag, no nothing.
2: How do they miss that? Yeah, uh, they missed they missed several personal foul calls there. They were letting them play. I think there was probably a league mandate on that. Right. But, um, you know, because you guys are less likely to get into a a war, you know, I guess they think when so much is on the line. Right. But, yeah, were especially in the Ram games, there were like three or four personal foul calls that were totally
1: missed. Yet there was also a taunting penalty on the Niners that looked completely benign unless the referee heard – the uh, number fifty-one for the Niners, like, really motherfucked the Rams player because it didn't yeah. look like anything. And you're like, wait, Tyreek Hill yeah. flashed the peace sign. They didn't flag that last week. Yeah, a
2: lot yeah. of times, a lot of times it is the verbal which we can't hear. They don't. They should. The next step is just mic everybody up. And <laughs> bleep yeah. it as you go along.
1: Yeah, and right. then and then of course the timeouts. My God, the timeouts. These coaches do not effing get it, you know. And I it kills me, a referee, when uh, the announcers say, "Well, this the Rams had to use another timeout." Yeah. They don't yeah. have to at all. It was first and ten. They could have taken delay a game, um, and then as soon as the announcers always say, "Well, they had to burn another timeout." They followed up with, boy, they, they could end up wanting that one back later on. So it's right, like they yeah. contradict themselves.
2: I know. You'd think that, that someone who does this for a living would, would be smarter than you and I doing this. But the, the, the use of timeouts is crazy. And, and earlier this season, it was not a playoff game, but Mike McCarthy actually said, well, I couldn't see the play clock or I couldn't see the clock from where we were standing.
1: Right. What? (laughs) Well, get a better view then, for God's sakes. (laughs) Also, should the NFL tighten up the way it calls the play clock? Because they go under this sort of close enough system. Because there are still shots of the ball not being snapped and zero on the play clock, which is a big, easily seen on either end zone, right through the goalposts, prominently. How come this hasn't been tightened up in a league that wants to microscope every knee and every wrist and every little wiggle of the football?
2: I don't understand that either, unless they look at it the same way you would see a shot in basketball that may leave the shooter's hands with zero on the clock, but the light hasn't gone off around the basket. I don't know. I think that's the way they look at that. But, yeah, it does seem to be very inexact when they call that.
1: You know what I would do is I would – make that play or make that call reviewable. And I would also have on the first down markers on the chain gang, I'd equip the top of that chain with a big red light that is Mm -hmm. synced to the play clock. So when that thing goes to zero red light and the, and the side judge could literally stand there in his field of view and make that call pretty easily.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's a good call, but, but there's a lot of things like why don't they use a laser pointer for uh first downs, why are they bringing out a chain? I don't know but well, chains, they
1: just chains are accurate they yeah they're but, primitive but the body in the ball is not you know no I they, know. They, yeah, yeah, the chains are accurate, even though they are primitive, and I've yeah. argued to people that go, why isn't there lasers or microchips? Well, you got a microchip every knee, every elbow, every wrist, because there's yeah. no way to microchip chip something that is by definition always a guesstimate, basically right, right. Right. Now, now spotting the ball. You should not be such a thing as spotting the ball.
2: The ball should be spotted. Right? Well not it, by a person, but spotted.
1: Yeah, but it, it's a combination of where was the ball when a knee, elbow, wrist, or anything right. other than a bottom of a foot or a hand was down right. in a pile of humanity. You're never but it's gonna still be. eyeballed. It's yep. still eyeballed by the referee. Well what do you want? Them to, judge? Well what do you want them to use? Well, some type of technology. I don't know. I'm
2: not a scientist, but something better. Like what? I don't know.
1: But... <laughs> You're just asking for a technology that doesn't exist. I just explained it. I know. It's knees, it's butts, a... it's shoulders and nuts. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a combination
2: of the way the game has been played for 100 years with all the new technology that's in it,
1: and it's not totally synced up. All right, let's go to the first game. Lo oh, and geez. behold, the coin flip in overtime didn't yeah. determine the winner. Wow! Oh yeah! How about that, Andy? A uh, uh, man, if
2: if 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 the Kansas City had gone down the field and scored a touchdown, they might as well have called off the second game because it just should have been like a a ninety four hour debate mm-hmm. about how a replay is unfair. I hope they never change it. In fact, Sean Payton even. Tweeted out. He said, "If the Chiefs score here, we're definitely changing the o- overtime rules." Well, yeah. thank God they didn't, and hopefully they don't change it. And look, Good. I mean, Kansas City. What Kansas City did in that game was was criminal. I mean, it, it's not kicking the field goal at the end of the half was total crazy. joke. Total and, and joke. That just, and that just turned that just turned the whole momentum of the game around. And and Patrick Mahomes was doing all that razzle dazzle in the first half. That came back and bit him in the second half. i mean it was just it was just a terrible, terrible job all around by the chiefs in and, and what they in a game that they had in hand up eighteen points. Are you kidding? they could have the way they were running the ball yeah. and also also i've got to give a lot of credit to Joe Burrow, but you know knowing that they had to throw seemed like Kansas City would have brought the house you know and, and a guy who got sacked nine times the week before, and
1: where yeah. they get him once today yeah. one time yeah, yeah. they uh They got a lot of globetrotters in them. Yeah. The Chiefs. Yeah. And they are a team that thinks their shit doesn't stink. And after the first Burrow touchdown where he went around and around and turned his back to the rush, which you are told to never do, and he still worked out for him. Yeah, Mahomes. Mahomes. What did I say? Burrow? Yeah, I meant Mahomes. When Mahomes Mm -hmm. did that, uh, that's that when a, a good coach has got to pull Mahomes over and grab him by the shoulder pads and say, listen, it worked out this time, I don't want to see that. That's what coaching is. But in yeah. today's day and age, they'd say, oh, you can't restrict his game like that. When in reality, that's what is needed. That's the kind of thing that Mike McCarthy, to his credit, had to go to Brett Favre and say, enough of the fucking interceptions. I won't last a year. With you doing this, a good coach has got to reel that in on Mahomes. It's sandlot bullshit that will bite you in the ass like it did for them on the two yep. sacks at the end of the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, and the last one should have been a fumble. That
1: it, was, was, that was, it was a fumble. It was a recovered well, fumble, yeah, but I mean, it was a fumble. Recover, yeah. That was yeah, the whole fucking game right there. And, you know, yeah. you can't have a quarterback who's just thinking about adding to his YouTube reel when the game yeah. is on the line. It's more than he's an incredible talent. He's going to be good for a long-ass time. But that was a choke job by Mahomes and the Chiefs. Up 18. Back to the first half field goal. What I didn't like was, so you got eight seconds, right? Or nine seconds, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. They opted to try to play go for two four-second plays. Quick looks. Well, they're going to cover quick looks in four seconds. I would have gone for one seven- or eight-second play to let Mahomes roll and scan, and then kick the field goal and show a little humility. But that's the thing. They don't have humility. They got some yeah, boat and, in them. And, and you know,
2: it seems like if you're throwing the ball in the end zone and Kelsey is open by, a, by an inch, he's going to get a touchdown. They didn't try that at all. I, and Kelsey disappeared in the second half. Right. And what a weapon he is. I, I, I really don't know what they were doing. It, it, was, just, it was just a really – for all of the credit that Andy Reid gets for being this great coach – He did an
1: awful job, and the team did an awful job. Speaking of awful jobs, oh, my, Tony Romo. That was bizarre. Tony Romo was terrible in this game. Well, at the end,
2: somebody needs to get in his ear and say, Tony, I'm shutting off your mic, and I'm going to explain to you that the Chiefs are actually down three points here. So you need to correct yourself on a Chief player taking a knee at the one-yard line. What, what, what
1: are you talking about? We pay you $18 million a year. Look at the scoreboard. It's not a tie game. I, wow. I was incredible. You know what? I didn't even notice that. He said that when there was a discussion of, do you let him score here? And then he yeah. followed up with, well, what if the chief player notices and takes a knee at the one? He said that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, my God. You score a touchdown
2: there. That's a four-point lead. And, yeah, you're giving, you're giving the ball back with, with
1: time on the clock, but it's a four-point lead. It's not a three-point lead. <laughs> that was bad. I didn't like on the first of the two Burrow sacks, he blurts out, that's smart, right? And then he stops. By the yeah. way, that's a bad habit. He is stopping way too much mid-sentence. He has got to think, what, a, what is my point going to be, and wait to deliver a full sentence point about something. Then after pausing, he goes into this sort of, you know, rambling scramble that ends with, I'm not sure I like that, Jim. And Mm -hmm. I said, that is the worst bit of analysis I've ever heard. Tony Romo should have been ripping Mahomes for saying, you can't do that.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't know. Both of them were bad for as great a game as they had the week before. Nance and Romo were terrible today, especially in that that late stages of the game. Just bad, right?
1: Do you remember who called it on not falling totally in love with Tony Romo as the future of uh, broadcasting? Was it you? No, Brent Musburger. Remember? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You don't remember Brent Musburger saying this about him that he's like, all right, fellas, listen, because at the full bore, I'd say three years ago of the media love for Romo. And I was part of it because he was different, you know? He gave you enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. He was pretty good at being able to anticipate plays. Old Uncle Brent said, all right, folks, listen. Enough on this Romo thing. Eventually, he's not going to be as dialed into the league as he is now, and he's not going to be able to pull this act off. Well, he doesn't really. He doesn't do a lot of that predicting anymore. But um, well, he's just but, not good. He 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 is a gushing sentence interrupting. I don't think prepares very well either. And he makes eighteen million a year.
2: Yeah, it was just it's it's network executives, and it, it, they think kind of like Snyder thinks on a lot of Dan Snyder that if if we overpay, we win, if we pay more than the next guy, we keep him yeah, I mean, they were afraid he was going to go to another network, and that's how he got the money he got, but yeah, I, he, now he you know certain things like he did say last week that uh that they they should have kicked the ball on the ground to uh, Kansas City and not kicked it out of the end zone, you know, taking more more than the 13 seconds off the clock. there were some some things he did very well last week. This week, total disaster at the end of the game. He, he, that was incredible.
1: Yeah. Uh, here's, here's Brent on Tony Romo. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Come on, stupid Facebook settings. First of all, you're intruding on your – Here we go.
2: That I'm listening to him, okay? Tony, get off it, okay? <laughs> First of all, you're intruding on your play-by-play man, Jim Nance, who's just trying to give us a – we like to watch the game, Okay. And you're not going to be – here's a memo to all of you people. Who, oh, this is great. Uh-uh. It's not going to happen. And the further, the more years you spend away from the league, boom, you're going to know less and less about the personnel that's out on the field. So I'm blowing a stop the hype, okay, right now. Boom. I
1: love – Way to go, Brent. Way to go. He had the balls to have that stance at the peak of mania.
2: Well, he's Brent. I mean, he, he pretty much
1: helped to invent sports
2: television. So well, he, he's got the ability to do that. He
1: he had the balls, but he also had the foresight. That's the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He knows, he knows television. Look, oh, he, he, but he, he knows invented. The he lo- knows the league as well. He knew that Romo would drift away from it. I think he also knows that Romo likes to golf a lot and is lazy. And you're making $18 million guaranteed. Why should I fucking study?
2: Yeah, no, it, it's pretty apparent that, uh, but 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 also just in the moment to not know the score of the game was
1: it's terrible. It's terrible. It's it's unacceptable. So um, the Chiefs have now hosted four straight NF or AFC Championship games. They mm-hmm. lost the first one on an egregious offsides penalty by them, a total mistake that wiped out the game-winning interception, and then they lost this one by leading by 18 points and and having Mahomes try to throw it twice to their fifth wide receiver in overtime to start this extra period, which is inex- inexplicable, and then throwing a pick. And they won one Super Bowl of the two. And there's no guarantee they'll be back next year because the Bills are on the come. This is almost like the dynasty that may never be.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it, that's what Robon calls them, the dynasty of one.
1: <laughs> the and, uh, of one.
2: <laughs> but but as long as you have Mahomes, they're going to be a good team. I mean I, I think I think they can reload that's the one they filled the one position that's almost impossible in the league to fill, so I, I I think just because of him, they're going to be back in this position, maybe not next year, but they there'll be times they'll, they'll still be a good team for a long time, I think.
1: No, I think you're right on that. All right, real quick, it's Commander's Week. it'll be Wednesday. That the Washington football team unveils their new name, all signs point to Commanders. Coincidentally, on that same day, Congress has called next the next day. The next day, ne- yes, the next yep. day, Congress is going to call. I guess somebody from the team to Capitol Hill to go. What the hell kind of frat club are you running, fr- frat house? No, is no. Over there.
2: Actually, it's just just the women who were uh, oh, okay. given their names. They're they're not bringing in anybody from the NFL or the team, and this is a, called a roundtable. It's not a hearing. Now, they think it could lead to a hearing, okay. and that's what they're hoping for. But, but yeah, that's what's going to happen.
1: It'll be headlines, and it'll be a lot of bad headlines. Yeah. The day after, they were hoping to reboot the franchise with some good good vibes, good energy.
2: Right, right. Well, that's – Carol Maloney scheduled it this day on purpose. You know, she knew what she was doing on this. Here's another thing. Who, who did? They, Carol,
1: Carol Maloney, our
2: friend? Carolyn Maloney, the oh, congresswoman. Oh. Yeah, yeah, there's a Carolyn she, Maloney.
1: Interesting.
2: Yeah, and and but here's here's something else. What if Brady announces his retirement on or Wednesday
1: Tuesday. or Tuesday?
2: Or oh, oh, yeah, just take so, well, even Tuesday. Bigger would be Wednesday. Well, yeah,
1: bigger, bigger would be <laughs> Wednesday.
2: <laughs> and then the next day they have the hearing. So so all the wind is taken out of their sails on Wednesday. I think the league might want to step in on that. I think yeah. I don't know if they can, but. But then, then so you get that, just buries the name change. And then the next day, Congress has a hearing where these women who talk to the Washington Post about the sexual harassment and
1: bullying are going to do that on Capitol Hill. Wow. That'll be something. Now, Andy, you are big on special coverage of special events. You always have been mm-hmm. in your career in radio. You do a phenomenal job at it. Nobody's better than saturation coverage, wall-to-wall stuff. Do you have anything planned on 6.30, the sports capital, for the name reveal?
2: Yeah, well, we will hopefully go to live, you know, take the Today Show thing live, be on the air in the morning, and then uh, we're supposed to have something out at FedEx Field, and Mike is going to be there. You know, just get the reaction and do, you know, do what you do when, when you got breaking news. But, yeah, I mean, I'm are you going nothing. To,
1: are you going to enthusiastically support the new name? Uh, no, not really. No. I mean, <laughs> come on! Here, here, here's the, <laughs> the, the,
2: what, what should not be lost in all of this. And I continue to say this. It's not that the organization got woke. It's it's that Dan Snyder it's, was afraid of losing his three major sponsors. It's not that they got That's woke. It was
1: they were about to go broke. <laughs> it was the other side yeah. of the equation. <laughs> yeah,
2: but it was, it was they were going to lose Nike, Pepsi, and FedEx over this. Right. This is what this was about. And, and then he went into full, you know, I'm not saying the hires he made were in any way bad, but he went in a direction he never would have gone before. He hired an, a woman to run broadcasting, and he hired an African-American man to be president of the team. So this was, a, this was his way of overcorrecting. And you know they're, they're they're probably good hires, but but this is this is not Dan Snyder, who once said to USA Today, "We will never change the name, put never in caps." Uh, suddenly waking up like Ebenezer Scrooge and saying, "Oh, I've had a racist name; it's time to change
1: it." Yeah. Will Snyder be present at all Wednesday? Uh,
2: I, yeah, he's supposed to be at the FedEx Field, but it's not going to take questions. Obviously, what a coward! <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? No, I mean, look, it's you've, nothing new. You've, See, got, here's, a, here's
1: the thing about, you've got a new kidding. name. Yeah. And you are not prohibited by the league from doing it. What a fucking coward. Plain well, and simple. He'll
2: make, he'll make a statement. And, and, and you know, this, this congressional roundtable, while there is sympathy for the victims of this harassment and, and bullying, the bottom line that every fan wants is sign around. And it's probably not going to lead to that, but
1: that's what that's what the outcome that most people want. Yeah. All right. We'll end on this, Andy. I think you were a big fan of the show, but I can't say for sure. How appropriate is it? Yeah. That the day one of the most iconic television characters of the 1970s, Dr. Johnny Fever from WKRP, passes away. That the Bengals win to go to the Super Bowl, huh? Yeah, you could just hear Les Nessman announcing. Look, there has never been, I tweeted this
2: out, there has never been a show, any before or after, and I think it debuted in 1978, that has more accurately depicted radio than WKRP. All those characters I've worked with, I've worked with a Johnny Deeper, I've worked with Herb Tarlick, the sales manager, I've worked with Les Nesman. those people exist. Right. The, the, whoever put that show together New radio. And Dr. Johnny Fever, the burned-out overnight DJ, they're everywhere.
1: And, and you've seen them.
2: I, I know you have in your I,
1: career. I, I know I that, have in mine. I would say this to people. If you think the characters are unrealistic in WKRP, they're actually undersold compared yeah. to the scallywags, weirdos, and criminals who actually <laughs> populate our business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Lonnie Anderson. Okay, you might not find that in most radio stations,
2: but most of the other characters, absolutely.
1: <laughs> All right, Andy, you've been generous with your time. It is now ten twenty-six Eastern Time. You got your footy pajamas on, your teeth brushed. You're ready for a big day tomorrow on the sports capital. As always, God bless you for your time. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Dave. Take there care. There you go. All right. You know what? Holy cow, 38 minutes. That was a good fucking podcast right there. If you liked what you heard, rate and review, spread the word, tickle the algorithms, and keep us growing. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: NBA crossover is coming to Cleveland for NBA All-Star. This February, experience the intersection of music, art, fashion, tech, and basketball at the Public Auditorium. Celebrate the past, present, and future of the NBA with special appearances, brand experiences, limited edition apparel and collectibles, and live performances. Check out NBA crossover February 18th, 19th, and 20th. Get tickets today at NBAevents.com.